Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. Today's topic, me, a Pharisee? Whenever you hear the term Pharisee, if you're like most people, unpleasant thoughts come to mind. Most of us think pretty hard of the Pharisees, and we have a real dislike for them. We only see negative when we read about them in the Bible. After all, they hounded the steps of Jesus, and some of them were active in getting Jesus put to death by the Roman authorities. Perhaps we've forgotten about Nicodemus, a Pharisee who came to Jesus one night. The Apostle John writes us, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. John 3. His interest in Jesus was genuine and persisted. After Jesus expired on the cross, we read of his tender ministry to Jesus' body. Again, John informs us in chapter 19. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. So Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, Pharisees, showed tender regard for Jesus' body after his death. Ah, but for the most part, when we read of the Pharisees in Jesus' ministry and the apostles, they are cast in a negative light. Recently, I've done some thinking about the Pharisees, and I've discovered that they are uncomfortably close to us. Who are they? Actually, the Pharisees were a religious sect within Judaism noted for their separateness and their orthodoxy to the law of Moses and the tradition of the elders. The supernatural was very real to them, and they accepted the miracles of God as God's action in history and the Hebrew scriptures as the very word of God. Their zeal for the law of God was commendable. So where did the Pharisees go wrong? The Pharisees, in an effort to protect God's law, built up a rigid system of traditions and exact ritual observances. The reasoning was like this. If God said, keep the Sabbath day, don't do any work on that day, then we will write out all the things that constitute labor and what doesn't constitute work. Their system of law and ritual traditions was like a gate around God's laws. If the people obey the traditions, well, they can never break God's holy law. So they encase God's law in a mass of tradition and ritualism. Jesus and the Pharisees were often at odds. If you read carefully in the Bible, Jesus faulted them for their practice of religion, not their basic teachings such as the nature of God and the resurrection of the dead. He disapproved of their usurping the power of God in adopting traditions as a second source of religious authority that functioned as a control mechanism. Also, he faulted them for not doing as they taught others to do.
But let me caution us. Before we get too smug in our attitudes toward the Pharisees, perhaps we should listen to Jesus' denunciations of them again. In Matthew 23, 1 through 7, Jesus said, He spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The teachers of the law and of the Pharisees are the authorized interpreters of Moses' law. So you must obey and follow everything they tell you to do. Do not, however, imitate their actions because they don't practice what they preach. They tie onto people's backs loads that are heavy and hard to carry, yet they aren't willing to even lift a finger to help them carry those loads. They do everything so that people will see them. Look at the straps with scripture verses on them, which they wear on their foreheads and arms, and notice how large they are. Notice also how long are the tassels on their cloaks. They love the best places at feasts and the reserved seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them teacher. Good news, Bible. We must pay close attention to exactly what Jesus is faulting them for. The Pharisees were the principal teachers of the truth of God. Now, their counterparts today would be preachers and teachers or priests and rabbis. One thing that stood out in Jesus' assessment of them was their tendency to preach and not personally practice what they said. He literally said they do not practice what they preach. Another fault that Jesus points out was they're doing their religious actions to be seen of people and praised by them. Everything they did was done for others to see. It was done for show. Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Luke 20, verses 46 and following. They love the places of honor at banquets and most important, seats of the synagogue. They relish being greeted by titles such as rabbi, teacher, doctor. Do you know how much some religious teachers and preachers or leaders in the church like to be shown honor today? It is stronger in some traditions than in others, granted, but universally exists. Men and women like to be called reverend or doctor or other ecclesial titles of distinction. How they like to be welcomed into all the civic and service club meetings of the city or towns. It's uncomfortable, is it not? How we love to be given special place of eminence in the community and to be noted for our intellectual ability or our successfulness evidenced by money and buildings and members and degrees. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He also pointed out to the Pharisees that they majored on the minors and neglected the major requirements of God's word. An example he gives is their ritual purity laws was more important than weightier matters. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Matthew 23, 23, compared with Luke eleven forty two. 42. Another fault that Jesus noted in the Pharisees was that their evangelistic zeal was not a reality. They desired and spent extensive efforts in getting converts into their camp rather than to a relationship with God. Listen to his words, Matthew 25, 15. 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, for you travel over sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes one, you make him doubly as much a child of hell as you are. As a result of these efforts, they were upset at the evangelistic and teaching success of others. We're all familiar with Jesus' descriptions of the Pharisees as hypocrites, although we often misuse and misapply the meaning to others. The term means play actors, shams, pretenders who have no depth of reality to the religious practices. They not only burden others with regulations that they have trouble keeping themselves, but they also rationalize their disobedience in areas of God's law by pointing to their obedience in another area. How very much like us they are. Unless we guard ourselves, we too can become more interested in the outward trappings of religion and ignore the reality of spiritual renewal through repentance and humble dependence upon the mercy of God. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Until next time, be real in your relationship with God and with others.